you don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand. This movie, album, or band, you don't understand. Buddy, hey buddies, hey pals, guess what? Guess what? You know what time it is? You do, because you chose to listen to this podcast on purpose. They just not have it automatically. <laughs> You're listening to You Don't Understand, the pop culture podcast where we take the things we love the most, the movies, the music, the, the, the games sometimes, rarely games, we've done that, um, <laughs> the shit that we love the most and share it with new people for the first time and hope that they like it as well. I am your host, Tom Harrison, and... Boy, what a, what a movie we watched today. But first, who are our guests? Who's here with me today? <laughs> um, I'm Katie Habaker. I'm a arts entertainment writer for the Chicago Tribune, and uh, I'm a Pisces. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm back again, I guess. I guess I'm a, a guest You're person like, regularly. Yeah, like, there's... there's uh, <laughs> I'm Chris Rife. <laughs> 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 There's, some, there's a staple of, like, unofficial guest hosts who've emerged, of which you are one of the main, main ones. I can always count on you to come back. Yeah, no, I love you, don't understand. Uh, I'm Chris Rife. I'm a writer, performer in Chicago. Uh, I run a literary magazine called No Assholes. Yeah. And I love doing You Don't Understand. Cool. I love having you. Also a Pisces. Also a Pisces. Uh, yeah. I'm a Cancer, the most unfortunately named. <laughs> I'm a Cancer. Yeah. Water signs. Water signs. Good. Good intro. Uh, excellent. So what did we watch today? I made some, uh, I made some oblique reference to our topic of discussion today, but what, what was it though? We watched Muriel's Wedding. Uh, it is a 1994, 1996, I can't remember, film by PJ Hogan, who is a film director coming out of 1990s Australia. Super duper queer, super duper glittery and delicious. Um, so that's why I picked this movie. It's part of the whole weird genre that I'm in love with. So what, what is it about it specifically that makes it, like, the one that you love more than any... The one that if you had an opportunity, let's say, on a podcast, it yeah. forced people <laughs> wow. to watch what it. what an opportunity. Um, okay, so, uh, when I was, like, five years old, I was so heteronormative that mm-hmm. I had a Barbie nightgown that had bridal Barbie on it. Oh, no. That I wore wow. under... Yeah. <laughs> that I wore under all of my clothes. My mom could not take me out of it. Um... <laughs> My mom could not take me out of it, and it drove my parents crazy, but I related to Muriel on, like, a oh. sort of sordid level. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, girl, I get you in your, like, obsession with weddings. So, in the movie, Muriel is um, obsessed with being married because it'll make her somebody. She grows up in Porpoise Spit, which is this horrible little Australian town with her horrible little family, and it's very sad. Oh, but also, I thought about this the other day, too. Um, my introduction to the movie came from... Like, the first time I ever, like, met somebody who, like, was openly gay mm-hmm. out in Western Iowa, um, I used to uh, have a best buddy who worked at the Barnes and no- Noble in the mall, and the music guy, Mark, was a part-time, like, music critic who, like, worked in the re- the records section. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he, but he's also an English teacher at Lewis Central, which is one of the middle schools in Council Bluffs. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to him one day, and he was talking about his boyfriend, and how he and his boyfriend had watched the night before uh, Muriel's wedding. He's like, oh, poor Muriel. You've got to watch this movie. You're such a sad girl. Like, you know. Like, <laughs> Called out. I know. <laughs> red. So, yeah. I was like 17 and you're like, I'm right. You're right. I am a sad girl. So, like, there are like a multitude of reasons why this film is like my favorite. Uh-huh. So, um, that was one of them too. It definitely stuck out as a moment where I was like being recommended. Like, it was another queer person recommending a movie to me mm-hmm. at a point where I didn't have a register for that because I was in a super conservative part of Iowa growing up. So cool. Yeah. So that's why. Yeah. yeah. That's a yeah, good answer. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> uh, Chris. Yeah. What if anything, did you know about this movie when you got told about about how you were willing to watch it? Uh, I remembered the VHS box art from like back when video stores were a thing. I remember seeing the the video box art in like Orland Video because I grew up in a tiny suburb of, of Chicago, uh, not nearly like Western Iowa by any means, but 
uh, definitely a small suburb, and seeing weird movie covers in the video store was uh, really important to me at the time. Like, <laughs> I remember seeing, like, American Movie, and I remember seeing, like, the R. Crumb movie on mm-hmm. these box arts, and it's just, like, these little worlds that I knew nothing about, but it, like, gave me the option of seeing them and renting them for yeah. $5.99 a day and all this fun <laughs> God. stuff. Um, but, yeah, uh, I really knew next to nothing about it, um, other than that she was the, the main character, Muriel, is really into weddings and really like Ava. <laughs> and that was about it. That's all I knew about the movie cool. going into it. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Tom? What about me? Yeah. So I knew literally nothing, and I had... Uh, just a series of very false con- misconceptions that I assumed. Oh, really? Okay. The first, so the first thing I asked, like, hey, does Katie, do you have any uh, movies you want to do for this? And I think, Chris, you texted me the list, and the first one was Muriel's Wedding. And I'm like, never heard of that. I immediately think that's going to be something like Grey Gardens. Muriel, it's an old lady's name. Muriel's Wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Muriel's Wedding is this old, sad stick tale about, about like, a, an old gray wedding in a broken-down mansion. <laughs> so not true. Super goth. So yeah. I, I look it up to, to, like, rent it on Amazon, and it says, like, and I see the, the box art, and it's Tony Collette. I'm like, oh, Tony Collette. I, she most recently was in Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, where she was terrible. <laughs> what? They, it was a very bad part. <laughs> okay. uh, it was also Tony. not a great movie. Uh, that? Really? No. I mean, yeah. you, know, you don't understand, right? Yeah, it was, okay, yeah. <laughs> in its own way, it was good, but yeah. there's a lot of... It could have yeah. gotten <laughs> edited down. Anyway, not important. Uh, so I saw, like, oh, Tony Blood. Uh, she was she was good in Little Miss Sunshine. Again, not a huge part, not a lot for her to do, but, like, yeah, it was okay. And that, I know that movie, people hate it now, but, like, come on, it was I fine. love that movie. I, love that I don't movie. know why people hate that movie. It's because it, it, it's, they backlash on it, because it's cutesy. Oh, whatever. It's fine. People hate sentiment. I love sentiment. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I will always cry about that movie anyway. But anyway, yeah. the, the little synopsis was like, Mir- it's like, small town Muriel wants to break out of the doldrums and have a, a big wedding. And like, <laughs> this is going to be a lighthearted romp. Also so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like medium-hearted romp, I yeah. would say. There's some good moments. <laughs> oh, a lot of really like... Deep despair. Yeah. yeah. Oh, tons. I mean, that's how I live. Like, that's how I want my comedies. Like, you know? <laughs> from the pits. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what I got. I just, I just constantly had a co- incorrect conception of what the movie was. And yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it hurt my viewing experience. It was just a fun extra surprise. Like, <laughs> oh, whoa. That's not what this is. Yeah. <laughs> the confetti covered box or um, art like totally throws you off. He's having like the best time and it's yeah. like confetti and then like there's a death involved. Right. <laughs> Lots of death. Lots like, of Yeah. Her actual actual wedding scene is like so sad. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's so <clears throat> sad, but it's also hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. It's also really I funny. laughed so hard at this movie too. Yeah. Just like little moments throughout it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, uh, yeah. So let's 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 uh let's dive into it. Let's mm-hmm. begin discussing the actual meat of the film. Yeah. So where do, where do we start? Well, I think that what's really important about this movie and its context is just, like, where it's coming from. Like, mm-hmm. so I am really interested in this period of, like, 1990s queer Australian cinema. So, like, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert is also coming out of this era. Strictly Ballroom and Baz Luhrmann's stuff is just starting to pop up. So mm-hmm. this is PJ Hogan, like I said earlier, who's this really great queer director. He also directed um, My Best Friend's, My Best Friend's Wedding and um, Unconditional Love, which is okay. amazing, and also another movie you should totally watch for this. Okay. <laughs> if you haven't heard it, uh, it's Kathy Bates and Rupert Everett, and it's everything. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Uh, so there's this really interesting chapter where I think it's, like, these survivor narratives that are coming out of the AIDS crisis, but, like where the Americans kind of get, like, Tom Hanks and tragedy. There's, like, these really beautiful, like, campy, delicious, mm-hmm. uh, joyful movies coming out of Australia <laughs> at this point in time. And I think Muriel's Wedding kind of fits into that category. Um, because you can tell... I, I think it's a drag performance by the director more than anything. Hmm. Um, the idea of, like... It's, I mean, it's camp. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, it's the sad girl who's obsessed with weddings and this yeah. like hyper femininity and it just it feels like a drag performance in that respect hmm. so that's what i viewed it as an adult i yeah. I'm, I'm i'm with you with drag performance especially in in the opening scene the look of it is so cultivated mm-hmm. to be to be this mix of like tawdry but also the best mm-hmm. every ugh. we start we started some other characters wedding and 
it's set in the 90s in mm-hmm. Australia, but it mm-hmm. looks like the shittiest 80s because oh, Australia so is 10 years behind. It's <laughs> perfect. Everyone's yeah. ha- ev- like the extra. You could print out a th- frame of the extras, any one of them, mm-hmm. and spend like a day taking that apart. Oh, yeah. No, it's great. <laughs> and then poor Muriel is the one who catches the bouquet at the beginning of this other wedding. Mm-hmm. And all the bridesmaids just completely rally against her. And it's clear that we have an outsider who so badly wants to be in. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I get yeah. that. Um, so it's very sweet and very sad. And then she's arrested. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She had, apparently, she had shoplifted the dress she was wearing. And let's take a moment to discuss this dress. Because, oh my god, it's leopard print. So short. So good. I would wear that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Leopard on leopard You do own a dress like that. Yeah. Like, yes, Muriel. Yeah. And she's she's wearing a leopard skin, a visible leopard skin bra underneath it. Yeah. And everyone at the wedding is looking at her and everything. Yeah. But she's loving it and... Yeah, she's having the best time ever. She got that bouquet. It's her time. Yeah. Uh, And the, the... of course, in classic in classic style, mm-hmm. the the meathead Lunkman, who is the groom, immediately goes and fucks one of the bridesmaids. Chalk. Oh yeah, chalk. 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 <laughs> yes. Yeah, he looks like the like weirdest surfer guy. I mean, he, but like he also looks like he would totally marry the bride in question. Yeah. Like the big blonde haired heavy metal. Because she has the same hair, basically. Yeah, that's so. what they're meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, and another thing that struck me at this point is like I've only seen. Movies with Tony Collette where she looks mm. like a movie star from the movie oh, star yeah. stable. Like like any any when if you're in a movie, ninety mm-hmm. percent of the time you look almost identical to most other people in movies. You yeah. got you got the face that people want to see. Yeah, she looks here like a real person. Yeah, and it's like crazy to see that yeah. on screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that. That was something I also really liked about this movie too. I'm just like, this looks like a, this looks like somebody who would suffer in the way that she suffers. You know, she's kind of she's just kind of out there and like trying hard to fit in, but something's always kind of off. Yeah. You know, like she's got the lipstick on, but it's not the same shade as everyone else. It kind of makes her look kind of gaunt, and it's just you know, she shows up at uh, what is it, Hibiscus Island, yeah. and like yeah. trying to dress up like some kind of vacationer, and but she looks totally like it's her, over the top. Yeah, it's her her idea of what people go on mm-hmm. vacation and stuff oh, like yeah. that. So, yeah. and then, like, comparing that with, like, her entire family and everything, yeah. too, throughout oh, the whole God. movie. It's so... Family. <clears throat> such a tra... The mom is, like, I think the tragic character in this movie, yeah. and we don't learn nearly enough about the mom, I think. The and scenes I wanna, of, Yeah. Yeah. The scenes of the... Like, the mom... Every time the mom is on screen, it's just so deeply, desperately sad and mm-hmm. despairing. Mm-hmm. And I don't... Like... Spoiler alert, I thought the movie was good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that, like, bugged me about it was that, like, I don't think that she got, that the mom character got, like, the respect she deserved for how deeply sad she was. Yeah. And how ill-treated she was by the world. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, what do you mean by, like, respect in that sense? Like, okay, spoiler alert. She, uh, I'm gonna just lay it all, lay it all on the line here. Yeah. So... The family is miserable. There are all these chinless children who do nothing all day. Uh, the father is this local politician who's an asshole, who's corrupt, he's having an affair openly, and he mistreats his wife, doesn't care about her at all. And so this wife is just sad, taking care of, I don't even know her name. Just goes to show how little... Her even. Sue? I don't know. I just go for, that seems like a mom name, but it's not Sue. That's it's my mom's, mom's name. name. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right, it's but she's got yeah. nothing going on for her in her life but yeah. these chinless children who don't do anything. And eventually, uh, so, so Muriel steals money. She goes and lives in Sydney. It's a big to-do. She gets married to this guy. We'll yeah. get to that. Yeah. But, like, it becomes clear that uh, her husband's going to leave her for this mistress. Deirdre. Yeah. Yeah. And the kids, the kids don't respect her, so she commits suicide. And there's never a moment where, like, anyone's sad enough about that okay sure like muriel's not sad like her the dad's not sad because he's an asshole and never cared about her but like yeah yeah. it's so like her whole life she felt like nothing and had to end it because she felt so useless and that's so sad and no one ever like calls out like that really sucks like that's too bad it like goes back to being a comedy kind of too fast and the dad doesn't get enough comeuppance yeah yeah 
I, I think that the the whole big like climax like speech where Muriel's like I'm home now and the dad tries to get her to stay and everything is yeah. kind of that moment where uh, I forget the other sister's name but the other sister the one who like reveals that it was a suicide yeah, and not I mean, a heart attack I think she really feels it and she's like the mm-hmm. only character who who like felt really attached to the mom it felt like the two sons were just kind of layabouts there and yeah. Muriel saw her mom as just kind of something that she didn't want to be and didn't want to end up. Like. I think she loved her so, mom, though. I think, yeah, I yeah. don't think that she didn't love her. I think it's just a different type of of love, where yeah. the mom was always there being, like, just almost mindlessly supporting the father and whatever the father wanted, and yeah. he treated the entire family like garbage, and so as a result, she was, like, treating the family like garbage, too. So it yeah. was all just kind of a reflection of that abuse that she had been taking from the husband, basically. Yeah. It seemed like, mm-hmm. from what we can tell, like, their entire marriage, their entire lives together yeah so yeah tragic incidents of a marriage so yeah. and i think that's another irony of this movie too so yeah no i mean totally since she is so fixated here's the reality of the situation like none of the marriages in the movie are happy marriages right. that's, yeah. that's for a movie about marriage i mean yeah it's great yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> but one more thing that's not really not really related to anything but i want to bring it up before we get past this scene because uh it hit me real hard when mm-hmm. i saw this uh, the dad yells at her, make tea for me, make tea. Oh, and yeah. she stands still and has to get asked a bunch before she like pops back into reality. He's like, oh, what? Tea? Okay. And the way she makes tea, what do you think she would do? Uh, probably put the kettle on and put and pour some boiling water over a tea bag. Nah! She puts lukewarm water with the tea bag in it, in the cup, and puts it in the microwave and turns it on. And I was just like, movie, you've dug yourself a huge hole. You're going to have to dig yourself out of this. This is unacceptable. <laughs> really? Really? That's how I used to make tea. I, I th- see, that to me, like, is the saddest. Like, no, it's, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm not agreeing. Yeah, like, no. that's, every part of that's wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the yeah. fact that they don't have a tea kettle, it just says, like, they're not sitting together and, like, doing that. You know, like, you mm-hmm. make a whole pot of tea for, like, your friends yeah. or your family yeah. and you just stick it in the microwave by yourself. Like, that's Oof. one of the a metaphor for that person just in yeah. the microwave by herself. Yeah. <laughs> she just like just floats through most of the movie and the times when she's the happiest are when she's at her daughter's wedding. For like three minutes though. Yeah. Because oh, yeah, the father won't buy her a plane ticket. A bus and, ticket. Or a bus yeah. ticket. No, she got way. him a bus ticket. She, he got her a bus ticket. Instead of a plane ticket. Yeah. yeah. And so she, yeah, she arrives after it's over. Ugh. Sitting and, in the back row. And, and and she, like, looks at Muriel as she walks by, and Muriel doesn't notice her, and she's like, well, okay. Oh, she's crushed. She's so crushed. And then the, then the scene later where Muriel finds her photo album, mom's photo album, oh. and she goes through and finds all the, like, clippings from the newspaper that she was, her mom was so excited about, and then there's that, at the end, there's a picture of the mom, like, on a vacation, smiling and looking mm. happy, you yeah. know, and she kind of kept that underneath all the different things of her kids. Mm. It just makes me so sad that poor woman doesn't have an identity at all in the whole film, and I don't know, it's really... It's a it's tragic, tragic character. Yeah. It really is, so... But are we going to talk about Rachel Griffiths in Yeah, this we movie? will. Okay. Also, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, the most important... Rhonda? Yeah. Yeah. The most important character in that whole film, and I, like, adore that character. I'm just... Ugh. She's such a good foil to Muriel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we get to her by, you know, those breaches of the plot. Muriel is is put upon by her asshole father. He's uh gives her a blank check to give to Deidre to like bribe her into letting Muriel be a uh, cosmetic saleswoman. Kind of like the Avon thing. Yeah. Yeah. But she just steals a shit ton of money yeah. from her dad and uh, fucks off to Sydney. Yeah. And before that she had met Rhonda yeah. at Hibiscus Island and Rhonda's the first friend she had. Yeah. And here we are. Also yeah. from Porpoise Spit, so All they're coming yeah. from the same space. Yeah, so. and Ron is so, like, sexually charged as a character. <laughs> I, love, I love the scenes in the apartment when they eventually move in with each other in Sydney, and Muriel's got all this, uh, like, ABBA stuff on her walls, and yeah. you go into Rhonda's room, and it's just, like, naked men. <laughs> <laughs> on everything. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm so into that. I just love that, like, the dynamic of that house. Um, but while they're in Hibiscus Island, the greatest ABBA lip-syncing oh, yeah. scene oh, of all yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so beautiful. Well, yeah, and there's, like, a whole, like, cat fight between, like, the, um, the mean girls from mm-hmm. Porpoise Spit, like, because someone, like, you know, the people that Muriel wants to be friends right, with. Right, yeah. right. 
somebody is giving a blowjob, giving blowjobs to someone else's husband, so they all start fighting. In the meantime, Muriel and Rhonda are doing um, Waterloo, and they're all dressed up. It's so good. Where do they get those jumpsuits? Are they just rental at the karaoke? Because I want to go to that. Yeah, karaoke. yeah. yeah. Australian karaoke is harder than like hard, more hardcore than anything we got here. Apparently, <laughs> they have like synchronized dance moves. Like they had been practicing this. Yeah, it is so good. Yeah, well, you know that's probably the dance Muriel made up like alone in her room. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's <laughs> amazing. But I also like that scene because Muriel is. So so freaked out about it at the very beginning and by the end of the song she's totally not yeah like we see tony collette like she does this whole there's this whole like emotional plot to that scene where we see this character kind of become someone else yeah. it's like this weird like gateway into like muriel's new life in sydney i, I don't know i really mm-hmm. dig that about that scene in particular it's a really good move on tony collette's yeah. part yeah i also think that watching watching the mean girls who uh were cruel to her took uh, took the only friendship she had away, kill, beating each other up yeah. while she and her new friend kick ass as yeah. ABBA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm, mm, beautiful. Oh, yeah. Love it's, it. It's vindictive. I'm totally yeah. into it. Oh, yeah, and the reason they're fighting is because Rhonda... Ha- Rhonda's got that verve. She's got that, <laughs> she's got that vim that, that yeah. Muriel doesn't. So Muriel's like, oh, I actually saw uh, that one... T- Tanya's husband, yeah. Shook. Uh, Shook. He's fucking, he fucking one of the bridesmaids. And... Rhonda just goes up and tells her. Yeah. It's yeah, I would awesome. rather, what was it, I'd rather do something. Eat razor blades. Eat razor blades than have drinks with you. I'm with Muriel. Like, you know, I'm just so into it. Like, oh, I'm so good. Yeah. It's the ultimate moment of revenge. Yo. That's mm. so good. Yeah, and so then, um, speaking of video stores. Yeah. Muriel oh, gets a job in a video store. Yeah, she, in Sydney, yeah. Yeah, where she rewatches Princess Diana's wedding over and over and over again. <laughs> Another yeah. instance of an unhappy marriage yeah. in this movie about weddings. Yeah. But also I relate to that because like I've totally done that. Like our side on YouTube I'm like, look at all the wedding things. And, like, <laughs> I'm like this like leftist feminist who like has very weird feelings about marriage. I'm a child of divorce and like everything, so I know how miserable um it can be. And yeah, I don't know, but I still, like, totally relate to, like, the fantasy of it and, like, the big poofy dress. It's mm-hmm. still such a thing. I would still, I'm still, I'm still wearing the nightgown underneath my clothes, you know? It's like, yeah, yeah. it's so <laughs> Right now, yeah. yeah. right now, yeah. Like, I'm doing it, but it's for the aesthetic. Yeah, it's yeah. ironic, you guys. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Yeah, and then after they, after they move to Sydney, yeah. uh, what, they go out dancing a lot, and then yeah. Yeah. Muriel's constantly going to all the different wedding stores and trying on the different dresses, and she actually tells Rhonda initially that she's going to get married, which is why... Tim Sims. Oh, Tim yeah. Sims. <laughs> Tim Sims. Yeah. So Rhonda, Rhonda's under the impression that, uh, that Muriel went to Hibiscus Island because she yeah. was uh, getting engaged to Tim Sims. She just gotten engaged to Tim Sims, but then she lie, Muriel lies to Rhonda and tells yeah. her... That Tim Sims is trying to kill her. Yeah, so <laughs> that's that's why she yeah, yeah, which is why they had to move to, to Sydney. Sydney. Yeah. yeah, not to escape her dad, who found out that she had stolen twelve thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, God, that, Australian dollars. Yeah, that fucking scene rule when she came back from from <laughs> oh she came back from vacation have, with she paid with the stolen money. She goes into the house and everyone's like, Muriel, did you like steal, steal money? money? <laughs> your father's <laughs> at the bank. One, one moment, and then she just gets back in the cab, yeah. and they watch her leave. Yeah, yeah, the music in that scene is so well-timed, because it's like the ABBA shuts down, like, it's like, what, I forget which song it is, it's like, it's not Dancing Queen, it's, um... Is it Fernando? It's Fernando. Yeah. It's Fernando, so they have, like, this moment where she's, like, driving into the driveway, and Fernando's playing, and then it cuts off, she goes into the house, the mom's like, Muriel, where have you been? Your father's so mad, she needs to hit the bank right now, blah, 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 did you take money from us? And she's just like... No, okay. I'd never no, do that. I wouldn't do that. And then, like, she sees the taxi still waiting outside, and she, like, just walks back down, and then Fernando's like, <laughs> 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 That's so good. Yeah, I love the use of Ava in this yeah. movie so yeah. much. It's, like, campy, but also super sincere at the same time. Well, right, and... I think that Abba's, like, one of those bands. Is it Abba, Abba? How are we pronouncing this? She pronounces it Abba. 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 Um, I know, I, I do it both ways, so I'm just yeah. like, who knows? Um... I do like, but I also think that that's one of those groups that, like, it's the disco, it's disco era, so I think that P.J. Hogan is also, like, mm-hmm. maybe calling back to something that was formative to him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's, I think it is really cool, though. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. ABBA. A- A- ABBA's also one of those bands that in, like, 2017, you don't hear without, like, going out of your way to. Yeah. So, like, I haven't heard ABBA song in, like, 
years. Oh. I gotta say, after watching this movie, Abba fucking rules. Yeah, yeah Abba rules. fucking Absolutely. Rules. <laughs> Abba's so good. Like, like what the fuck? Who'd, who it's knew? It's timeless. I mean, I was yeah. thinking during this movie, like, how bad, like, Mamma Mia. I don't like Mamma Mia. What's wrong with As you? a jukebox musical, because I don't I don't like the, the, the shoehorned-in plot. I love the music, but I don't like the, oh, oh okay. I have three husbands, or possible three husbands, etc. I don't, I don't love Mamma Mia. Joy. I don't hate Joy. You I hate love joy. Abba. I don't hate Joy. No. What I'm saying is, <laughs> the whole time, not thinking back on it, I was like wishing I was watching Muriel's Wedding instead of Mamma Mia, uh, the multiple times uh-huh. that I was watching Mamma Mia. I think oh, the, yeah. this use of Abba is way better and way more sincere than the shoehorn like jukebox. I feel one. like there's right. something underneath. <laughs> you know, I, no, I, de- yeah, I definitely feel like there's something here too. If I'm just like, wait a minute. No, I, I, I think they're different movies doing different they things. They are different movies. They are like, different things. I enjoyed Muriel's Wedding way more. Oh, okay. Well, great. <laughs> Stage production of Mamma Mia is much better than the movie version. I'll give you that. But, like, okay. don't come for Meryl. Like, I'm not coming for You kind of are, Meryl. No, I yeah. love Meryl. Oh, Meryl. Meryl. No, I Meryl's would never come for Meryl. You are, no. though. I would never come for Meryl you're, Streep. You are, though. Meryl Streep, if you're listening to this right now, I'm not coming for you. I love you. <laughs> also, Meryl Streep, if you're listening to this, please retweet us. <laughs> please give Tom a five-star rating. Yeah. yeah no. But also... <laughs> um, Chris, you can't say you hate Mamma Mia and then be like, but I love Meryl. Like, you either love all of Meryl or you don't. Like, it's full Meryl or nothing. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, I've never seen the film version. I've seen so the stage version. So what are you version. talking about? Okay, because I it. really did. Anyway. Okay, anyway. <laughs> digression. <laughs> digression. Abba rules. Yeah. So. So it's Meryl. Yeah, where were... Oh, we were at yeah. Sydney. <laughs> Sydney. So they get to Sydney. Yeah, Muriel meets some gormless dope at the at the video store. Bryce! Her out. Bryce! Yeah. Bryce! <laughs> Poor Bryce, he's so into her. I know! Oh, he's she... so creepy, like she is. <laughs> he's another sad story, because he gets invited to the sham wedding at the end. I know. Just That's the only other time we see him, though. We never follow yeah. up about what happens with Bryce. Which so. is fine. It's but, fine, like, we don't need to. Yeah. But yeah, they go to, they go to the club... Uh, Rhonda is getting fucked by two extremely oily American sailors. Yeah. <laughs> and. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a good scene. Yeah. And then Rhonda, again, just shocking tonal shift. Yeah. Yeah. In the middle of this joy. Yeah. yeah. In the middle of this, like, weird, greasy orgy she's having, she collapses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that Rhonda has a tumor on her spine. So yeah. the most lively character in this entire thing. Again, the survivor narrative, I'm yeah. telling you. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, a greasy tumor. That's right, not a greasy tumor. <laughs> <laughs> a tumor discovered while she's having sex with two greasy sailors. I'm like, hmm, there's a queer narrative there. Yeah. Um, oh, but, wow. um, yeah, I think it's really fascinating that, that, it's, that that's the choice they make to kind of, like, pull this character of all characters back down yeah. into, like the crappy situation I don't know into a crappy situation yeah she who is of all the characters yeah. the most sure of herself the most yeah. uh, able to get what she wants yeah and less the, the least afraid of the world mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and she's like too bad fuck you have some cancer yeah although thank god she's in Australia and the doctor's just like so we're gonna operate in the next 24 hours and you know it'll just be fine yeah. and not like, you don't have to pay exorbitant yeah. amounts of money it's like so, it's not like so we have two choices one, you'll never have money again ever. Yeah. Or you'll die. Or, you'll or it'll become Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Oh my god. Yeah. <sighs> That's a whole other. That should be the like the alternative sequel to Mario's wedding. Mario's meth or something. Mario <laughs> 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 becomes yeah. yeah. Dungeon, uh, pay for a friend's operation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's the American remake. Yeah, um, Jesus. Before our time, whole other survivor a... narrative. Um. What a place we were. So then Muriel just uh, decides to, at this point, become a new person, and her name is Mariel now, too. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's Mariel, and she's taking care of Rhonda and working at the video store. And then her dad finds her and gives her a call while she's watching the Princess Diana video one day at work. Yeah. And it's bone-crushing that scene. Like, you hear it go, Rhonda? Dad. Like, and she's like, and then and then we get to this, this guy is like the most racially problematic character that I, I mean, Bill Hunter, the actor who plays the dad is like in all of those movies I named earlier, like uh-huh. he is the villain or like he's either the villain or the love interest in all those like, he's in everything. Love interest. Um, he's yeah. a great actor. He's, loving, yeah. he's the love interest in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Huh. So if you haven't seen that, watch that. Um, 
Watch it with Muriel's Wedding. It's so good. <laughs> um, but he's fascinating. This character's fascinating because he is this very broken, insecure, but arrogant man who's just kind of holding on to the last shreds of his own, like, power mm-hmm. and, at the cost of everyone around him. And he does, he's, he's working with these Japanese businessmen who come into town, and he totally conflates, like, their Japanese identities with Chinese identities. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, He's clearly trying to take these Japanese businessmen out for a great dinner at a Chinese restaurant. He's trying to impress them with the knowledge of his, of their food, and, yeah. like, it's not, like, nah, dude, you're just, yeah. like, you're racist fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so Also, Chinese, the Chinese food you have in Porpoise Fit, Australia... That's not Chinese. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not, that's Australian. Like, ugh, I don't know how that would actually pan out. But um, he's constantly in this, in, that's where we see him, though, yeah. when, when he's out in public. When he's always not decided, He's always at a Chinese restaurant, though. Mm-hmm. It's always a Chinese yeah. restaurant. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting, kind of this idea of, like, here's this last bit of cultural ownership this man can have. It's this really weird, subtle, colonial mm-hmm. thing happening with that. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm. She runs into her. She goes to meet with her father. He's telling her in three weeks you're going to come back to Porpoise Spit with me, mm-hmm. and then you're going to take care of your mom and the kids because he's left the mom at this point. Oh yeah, yeah, for Deidre. For Deidre, <laughs> Deidre, whatever her name is. I, I love Deidre the... Chambers. What a coincidence! Yeah, yeah, I love the bit. Pew! Yeah, there's always a coincidence yeah. that I run into each other. <laughs> what a coincidence! <laughs> um, yeah, and then Muriel totally calls it out. Yeah. But... What about mom? She keeps asking. What about mom? What about mom? Yeah, and the dude can't even, like, say it himself. Deidre has to say that that he left. Well, and then Deidre says, what shred of happiness does your father have left in this life? And he's just like, oh. Mom? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's a really sad scene, and that's what drives Muriel to figure out this husband situation. Yeah, wants to get married. Because she's been, as as Chris sort of... uh, alluded to earlier she's while uh Rhonda has been ill she's just been going to dress shops and uh trying on wedding dresses mm-hmm. and using the whole like oh my mom has a tumor on her spine she might not make it to my wedding yeah. like yeah we'll give you free photos yeah and then yeah. she's just been building this photo album of her in in a wedding dress so she finally is like I gotta I gotta make it happen yeah. I gotta get that husband yeah well this yeah. is really funny this is a really funny moment that it just feels true to like dress shops the ones I've been in at least um because it's such a schmoozy atmosphere because everyone works on commission and they just want to coddle you the whole time you're like I went proper yeah. shopping with my nana one time in Dallas and that was the case you know it's just like oh my god um, <laughs> but Mario's trying on one of the dresses and the woman's like we never do this but she looks so beautiful and she opens a drawer and pulls out the polar like, we never do this and I'm like oh, why is the camera yeah no I don't think that that's a really funny like if you've ever been in that ex- like kind of experience that's totally true like mm-hmm. they'll just lie to get like and just totally build you up in these like dresses just to make you feel like I am a princess this is my day so yeah. I really like that small detail yeah. but she goes to find this husband, and there's an ad in the personals for um, an need Olympic swimmer. Now. Yeah, need, you know, need a wife. So it's an Olympic swimmer who's, I don't know which country he's South, South Africa. Africa. South Africa. And um, he... needs citizenship he need, because, like, yeah. to be, pl- to, yeah, to compete in the Olympic Games yeah. for Australia, so he yeah. needs an Australian wife to be a naturalized citizen yeah. or something like I that. I didn't so. catch exactly what, I mean, like... They, they explained, like, oh, there's a lot of fucking racial unrest yeah. in South Africa right now. But I'm like, why does that mean he can't... Just because South Africa's really fucked up doesn't mean he can't be in the right. Olympics, right? But right. whatever, let's yeah. just accept it. Go with it. This guy, uh, he looks like a movie star. Yeah. And his presence in the movie is fucking jarring. Because yeah. everyone else is lumpy <laughs> and, and greasy. Yeah. Like humans, like the humans you see every day and yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy is like, what? He's beautiful. Yeah. He's chiseled, but his, like... Facial expressions during the entire time he's there. It's just, like, blank yeah. and just disgusted about yeah. everything. Yeah, he's a great comedic timing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it sucks that someone out there is so beautiful and so funny all at once. Like, <laughs> <damn> it. <laughs> Not fair. Not allowed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't be. But anyway, yeah, so Mariel arranges this uh, fake wedding with this Olympic swimmer who desperately does not want to marry her and goes through all the other people they've met, like, with his coach. Like, what about the In blonde? front of her. What yeah. about this? You know, so Mariel's just sitting there with her, like, stupid ass. I'm gonna get married to yeah. yeah. And the, the, the coach is like, would you be uncomfortable with lying? And she's like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what she does. That's, <laughs> yeah, Muriel just lies so that's <laughs> film to try to get what she wants. Yeah, so. I mean, it's a survival mechanism. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm like, whatever, we had to lie to the Nazis to win the war, you yeah. know. Um, so she 
arranged. They're supposed to get married in a civil ceremony in the courthouse, but no, Muriel, like, it's her giant church oh wedding. Oh, my God. And the coach, the, the coach is like, yeah, this is good. This is good. It's more believable. It's more yeah. romantic. Yeah. Don't buy it. Yeah. Because, yeah, he's like, he's like a gold medal swimmer. He's mm. in the news. He's yeah. a Michael Phelps type. Yeah. Yeah. And... It's like, she, so it's this big church wedding, and Ron has been asked to be the maid of honor, but refuses because she doesn't, she just can't believe that Mariel is committing this kind of giant lie to herself, and thinks that Mariel is delusional. So then, the three yeah. mean girls from Porpoise Spit wind oh, up yeah, being yeah. the bridesmaids, and Mariel is finally kind of getting this like very surface level version of what she wants. She's getting the girls who were so cruel to her, are at her wedding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, wa- walking on her behalf, you know, and then she's marrying this beautiful man, and, like, there's this mm-hmm. big church wedding, and her family's all there, and so she's getting to be the bride, and it's just yeah. the saddest It's really scene. hollow, yeah, and yeah. Rhonda being there, like, shows all of yeah. that, and the the other thing is that when Mario's getting married, that means that Rhonda's kind of left out... Yeah. Like they're roommates, yeah. and then once once Muriel or Mariel is getting yeah. married, yeah. then Rhonda can't afford to stay in Sydney anymore, and basically has mm. to move back home with her mom, yeah. who she does not have a good relationship with. Because right. when they first started living together, they made a promise to each other: "We're never going to go back to Porpoise Spit." Yeah. And now, now she's abandoning Rhonda, and we didn't mention that Rhonda is now permanently. Uh, paralyzed in the waist down. Yeah. Because the, because of the cancer, they had to cut her spinal cord. Yeah. yeah. So, like, needs even more help. But yeah. no, Muriel, 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 yeah. an Australian accent. They're it's, very so, <laughs> it's so funny, though, that yeah. she thinks she can be a completely different person just okay. from the one letter. But I also, so mean, great, though. But also, like, I relate to that because, like, I told you this. Yeah. Like, I'm KT in my, like, professional life, but I'm Katie to everyone in, like, my family and you. Like, so it's like, my my byline in the newspaper is spelled K T, uh-huh. and then like, but it's K T I E to everyone else. So it's definitely a Muriel Muriel <laughs> situation. Like, and I get that. I can feel that. I understand that. You could totally be a new person yeah. with a slightly different pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it makes me so mad whenever I'm like at Starbucks or whatever, and they're like, "What's your name? What's the name on the thing?" And I'm like, K T, and they're like, "Oh, Katie," and I'm like, "No." Yeah, <laughs> yeah just like how Muriel in the whole movie. Yeah. Every time somebody says Muriel, she's like, "It's Muriel. It's Muriel. It's Muriel." <laughs> Yeah, so like... So insistent on it, it's, it's great. A, yeah. It's a real thing. It's another reason I love this movie so much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Rhonda like calls uh, Mariel out for mm-hmm. being like, this isn't the wedding that you actually want. Yeah. What about our friendship and yeah. about not moving back to Porpoise Spit? Yeah. Um, and she's like, no, it's good. I have, I, have the, I have the mean girls as my bridesmaids. And yeah. she's like, why do you care about that? And it's like, and she says in a line that like, it's one of those lines that's so on the nose that you could roll your eyes at it, but in this context, it's like, no, I get it. You gotta be on the nose in this moment. She's yeah. like, it means I'm as good as them. And yeah. it's like, yeah. doesn't it, though? The word choice in this movie, there's just so many great little moments yeah, like that. Yeah, somebody throughout. had a really solid reaction to the, my life is better, than, or is as good as an ABBA song now. Oh, I yeah. love that speech oh. so much. <laughs> At one point, Mariel's like, after like a really hard physical therapy session for Rhonda, is like, yeah. Rhonda's like, why are you still here? Why do you still want to be my friend? And she's like, since we moved to Sydney, I I used to listen to ABBA all the time back in Porpoise Spit, but since moving to Sydney, I haven't listened to one ABBA song, because yeah. my life is better than Dancing Queen. Yeah, yeah. And, and I lost it. I bawled at that line. Yeah. I loved that line. Yeah. Rhonda, when she says, my life better than Dancing Queen, Rhonda gives her a look like, no, it fucking yeah, <laughs> I don't believe you. Really? Yeah. yeah. No, oh, it's so sweet. But yeah, life is not at this moment in this in this film timeline as good as Dancing Queen because Muriel yeah. is at home with a husband who does not love her. Yeah, away from her family, and then we find out that her mother commits suicide. Yeah, she's totally after burning out the backyard. Yeah, because yeah. Perry, this like looking like thirty years old, Ugh. hair a mess. Uh, Lumpen, lumpen, sweatpants wearing boy who spends all day kicking a, a fucking milk carton around in the backyard, screaming about uh, like, oh, and and Heslop does it again. Oh, the great! How can a man be this strong and this fast? <laughs> she like yells at him like, hey, why don't you fucking like do something with your life? I'm getting divorced. Get up, be yeah. alive. And she's like, and he's just like, fuck you, you bad bitch. 
Oh, she says, stop embarrassing your father. Yeah, oh, it's all God. about the father. father yeah. yeah, that's the line. Because the father, like, comes back home to get the rest of his stuff. Yeah. At, okay, because the mom at that point had accidentally shoplifted shoes. Oh, right. So in the parallel yeah. to, like, the porpoise spit, like, what happened to Muriel before. Yeah. So the mom never gets out of that cycle. The mom gets uh-huh. stuck in that cycle. Right. That's, and that same yeah. woman from the shop, like, calls both of them out and gets right. both of them arrested. Right, and she takes such pleasure in, in yeah. those things, too. Like, like in Narcas, Snitches. Yeah. I mean, she's like, she must feel really good at her job, and her job is to ruin people's lives. Like, and she finds so much, like, satisfaction in it. Right. Well, like, in her defense, defense in quotes here, Muriel did steal the dress. Muriel's mom was buying $84 worth of shit and put these shoes on because her shoes that she had on were, like, fucking destroying her feet. You saw her feet when she took those shoes off. She was in a bad way. Yeah. Give her that eight dollar shoe. Yeah. Yeah. So. But okay. So Mario's mom commits suicide. God. Yeah. And And at first, Mario thinks that she had a heart attack because that's the story the dad tells. Because Deidre is in their kitchen cleaning. Uh. When she gets home, this woman who broke up her parents' marriage is just like hanging out with her gloves on, like. I don't know. At first, I thought oh, I thought she was actually cleaning up like the remains or something. Oh, God. The first time I watched that like scene, the crime scene, cleaner. yeah, you know, she has like those big gloves on. So I was just like, is there blood or and, like, like a what's... plastic apron? Right. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, it's very Breaking Bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, but it's so that's going on. And Muriel comes in. Her family is just kind of in disbelief. And then I forget where the dad is in this specific scene. Oh God, probably. Yeah, who knows? He's he's, yeah, not there where he should be with his kids. Yeah, Um, so then we get to the funeral for the mom. And oh god, this fucking the dad is such an asshole because he somehow called in a favor to get one of the ex prime minister of Australia to say how sad he is that that Mister Heslop lost his wife, and he's beaming like. Who do you know that gets the Prime Minister of Australia it's at the, the funeral? the only thing he cares yeah. about is yeah. how people with power perceive him. And... Right, yeah. And I mean, it's it's horrible. And Muriel, like, walks, storms out of the funeral, and then there's the wet swimming boy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really sweet. For, like, 30 seconds, you're like, this guy actually does care about her. He yeah. showed up for her mother's funeral, you know? And, like, she's crying, and he, like, seems like... Who, then who's he to say? Her. Yeah, who's to say how <laughs> fucking yeah. true this is? But yeah. like, he's like, oh, he holds her. Oh, now he's smooching her. Oh, um, now they're fu- okay. Yeah, now they're naked. They consummate <laughs> their marriage. Yeah, and yeah, and she's like, this isn't for me. I'm done lying. Yeah, and he's like, but 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 now that I fucked you, I like you. And <laughs> like, it'd be fun if you were around. And she's just like, bye. That's not good enough yeah. for me, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've seen what lies do. But. She gets to keep the ten thousand dollars. Yeah, hell yeah. From that marriage, he's like, no, keep the money, and it's actually a very sweet moment where you can see, like, all right, he actually feels like a, like empathy for her for the first time. Caesar as a person, yeah. Instead of like this, yeah. This this mad bitch, yeah. Who that's not he is an Australian. Why would he have? <laughs> yeah. It's not bad. Oh my gosh, it's so much. Okay, so like that's also a thing that you, know, you come out of this movie and you just want to try to, to imagine all of your words in Australian. Like, it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then she takes off and she goes and rescues Rhonda. Yeah. She gives her, oh, okay, she goes back home and the dad's finally back with his family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's trying to get, uh, trying to get Muriel to stay, like I was saying earlier, and like trying to get her to take care of the family. Yeah, you be the new thankless mom slave. Yeah. 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 And she's like, "Uh, no, No. you got to figure it out. This is on you, dude. And he actually seems really proud of her when he, she walks away though. You know, I I feel like cause it's a it's there's a moment where it's like, Dad, you want some tea? And he goes, that'd be lovely. Like it seems to be this this small moment of humanity in that character mm-hmm. towards the end of that scene when he realizes he needs to take yeah. care of his own family, You're right? So and not just call them worthless all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Although, although that's a good scene and you're all right. <laughs> I feel like it didn't go far enough into what a fucking monster he is. Yeah, yeah. who basically killed his wife. Right. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. That's also true. Like, yeah. M- Muriel's like big speech, your big like come up and standing up to my bad dad is like stop calling your kids worthless. It makes them feel like nothing, and when you feel like nothing, you don't want to do anything because you believe it. And it's like true, but are we forgetting the dead mom? Yeah, 
Like, that's way worse. Yeah. No, it's true. Like, we're forgetting the forgotten character. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Like, I think it's telling that we spent such an inordinate amount of time. I Actually, I would say inordinate amount of time yeah. talking about Muriel's mom. When yeah. this movie is just like, it's a little subplot about how things are sad and lying's bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, but that act, I don't know the actress, I don't know the actress's name, but I know the, the actor who plays the dad, but like, she's, that's a powerfully silent performance. Yeah. Like, yeah. She does so much with so little dialogue by just being like present in the room. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Her facial expressions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's, yeah. It, it's an incredible character and like, that's a, like, that's just a really well-written, well-performed little nugget of a performance. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd love to see her in more stuff. I yeah. want to see what else. Yeah, I'm curious too. Um, I want to see. I just want this movie remade from her perspective. Oh, really? That would. Oh man. That would be devastating. Oh. Slow drama. Yeah. No jokes. Oh, you want no jokes? What, what jokes <laughs> yeah. would there be? Yeah, no, it's true. Look, I mean, there could be some black humor, I think, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I want to know how she ended up in that marriage in the first place. Yeah. And there's this really great moment early on. Uh, I forget, it was like one of the first dinners that they're at. And Deirdre shows up. Deirdre shows up and is like, uh, Mira, you're you're a terror at 22. And then she talks to the mom. She's like, I bet you were a terror at 22. And at first the mom like has this blank expression, but then she's just like, yeah, I was. Yeah. Like, I want to know that character. And then she's like, wasn't she Bill? And she's like, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah. it's just like, she's back to... You Back know, to their dynamic, is. and then yeah. the dad says something about, uh, where's the food, and the mom immediately snaps into, like, oh, yes, where is the food? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just so sad and so heartbreaking. She's, like, totally lost inside of that relationship. Yeah. Another really, like, good silent performance, I thought, in this movie was Rhonda's mom. I oh, was yeah. actually oh, really yeah. impressed. Because she had maybe, like, three lines throughout yeah. the entire movie, but that little moment at the end when Muriel actually comes and gets Rhonda, and at first Rhonda's like, I'm not coming with you, you abandoned me. Yeah. Um, and then Muriel's like, I'm your friend, come with me yeah. to Sydney. Yeah, the mom is just like, who are you to come and... And and whisk her away from the people who care about her. You can't do that. And then Rhonda's like, yes, yeah, she, she can. can. <laughs> um, and then just the facial expression on the mom when Rhonda's just like, bye, See mom. Ya. And it's just such a sweet moment yeah. where I could tell, like, in the script there was, like, so much text yeah. like about those lines of dialogue. Yeah. And there's so much great acting yeah. in that little moment. And the mom's facial expression just going from, like, how, how dare this person take away my daughter? I'm supposed to be taking care of my daughter to being, yeah. like, this is what my daughter needs to do. Right. This is her mm-hmm. journey, and I yeah. can't stop that. And yeah. it was just a beautiful little moment. And that actress was amazing in that little moment, too. Yeah, so. no, I think she's a really, I think that's an example of, like, really good parenting. And that's yeah. the only moment of, like... Absolutely. Yeah, you know, someone who's not totally lost inside of their own ego for the sake of their children. and then yeah. the, Or, like, totally, like, not present at all, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Another example of really good word choice yeah. um, is when uh, the mean girls from Porpoise Spit come to Muriel's wedding, mm-hmm. and uh, Rhonda is like, I don't want to move back to Porpoise Spit, and the other girls from Porpoise Spit, the mean girls, are like, don't worry, Rhonda, we'll push you around. Yeah. Oh, I was like, oh. It seems like on the nose, but the word yeah. choice, the subtle word choice is so important. It's so good. And you totally believe that these women are not sharp enough to notice the double meaning right. yeah. as they push her wheelchair. Right. Or, like, what is it, much earlier in the film, there's those, there's so many good little lines, and they're at that bar, like, in the first scene, where it's like, let her finish her orgasm first. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. her drink is called the, the orgasm. orgasm. <laughs> and they're about to tell Muriel off, and then they're like, oh, but wait, before we tell her, let her finish her orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's lots of really great moments. And then I love that scene at the end where they're, like, they're both in Porpoise Spit, and they're going to Sydney, and they're saying goodbye to everything that they, yeah. they loved or Bye, hated. Mom. Oh, oh, I love it. Goodbye, Beach. <laughs> goodbye, Taurus. <laughs> and then they just look at each other and goodbye, Porpoise Spit. And then oh. and then the whole tagline to the town is the same tagline that the dad used for his... Uh, you can't stop progress. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And in a way, Muriel has progressed from uh, a, from a I mean, lumpen Abba-listening liar to a vivacious Abba-listening... <laughs> Lover of life. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's a really sweet, and it's a it's a Bechtel test ending if there ever was. <laughs> oh one, hell yeah! Which I'm yes. totally into. Um, and the fact that the the really mean girls chases them out to the the cab, going, "I'm beautiful. I'm a bride." <laughs> you know? <laughs> How dare you call me a yeah, cocksucker? Yeah, right. I'm beautiful. Yeah. Um, I mean, after she had just admitted, said that she was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so gross. Yeah. But like, yeah, I. I really like how this movie subverts um, 
that whole the whole like Pinterest wedding culture thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, not Pinterest was a thing when this was playing, <laughs> but like I guess the wedding magazine yeah. culture. Yeah. Like you it was, know, it was it was it existed waiting to be born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it was ahead of its Pinterest time. It's fine. <laughs> um, but it's it's really sweet though, and I think that it, I love and it's, it's like a, it's a genuinely happy ending, even though there are these tragedies that have befell both of these female characters. You know, with Rhonda being permanently. Um, in a wheelchair and Mariel being without a mother and kind of without a real family foundation, you know, Mm -hmm. they've both been abandoned in their own kind of ways. And yet they kind of are relying on each other and driving off into the sunset. And it's Mm -hmm. so good. Everyone's so self-reliant at the end. I mean, one hopes that that all of Mariel's terrible uh, chinless siblings also are not (laughs) self-sufficient. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. They're stuck at home with Bill. Also, can we talk about their last name? Heslop? Heslop. Oh my god! Like the wording and the word choices Ugh. in this film are like really good. Like, yeah, Heslop yeah. as a last name, like Heslop. Like you just Heslop. Uh, Porpoise yeah. Spit is the name for the town. Like, yeah. oh, there's a one point when Mariel's another word choice moment. There's another point when she says her husband, her fake husband's name is Bill, yeah. and the woman says Bill's gonna be in for a great surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's so many great little moments like that in this movie. Yeah, it's really subtle, and I think it it could definitely teeter into some like over the top, but it never really goes there. It never really goes too far with like the the hijinks or like the, there's some yeah. real physical humor to it. Like, yeah. I'm into that. It's, there's a lot of subtlety to it. There are hijinks, but they're not zany. Yeah, it's just like Muriel's lying a lot and being yeah. making a bad decision. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that funny? Um, yeah, no, so I, yeah, I think it's a really well done movie. I think it, but I think it also fits into the, you know, that director's kind of, ugh, God, I sound like such a douchebag. Um, this auteur. Yeah, no, I'm like, here's my art school degree coming out. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it fits well with, like, the, My Best Friend's Wedding and then mm-hmm. Unconditional Love, where it's like, there's just these out, these outsider love stories happening. Like, you think about, like, Rhonda and Muriel in this movie, and then Rupert Everett and Julia Roberts. In my best friend's wedding, which is mm-hmm. a Chicago movie, um, <laughs> but like the idea of like finding this like deep enduring love outside of the confines of marriage, you know, outside of the you know the heteronormative romantic narrative, and I think there's something really great about that that yeah. the director knows about. Yeah, the real love story in this movie is Mary Ellen. Oh Obama. hell yeah. yeah! And yeah. And that's what makes it so good. It's a movie about friendship. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Muriel's actual wedding is to like a fucking slab of slate that just yeah. kind of is like a woman's woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where's the pool? Like, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's great. No, and I love, and I do really dig that at the end because I think that it—that's the only way that movie could have ended on a happy note. Yeah, because like I was, uh, I was really worried about like how is this going to end up because yeah. like when. She gets called out for stealing uh, fucking $12,000 when she's off in uh, Sydney mm-hmm. and Rhonda gets cancer. I'm like, how is this going to end well? Where I are really, they going to go? It's like, I really want this to end well. Where's the fun rock? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. where's the confetti? The only confetti is when they're after, after the wedding when her and fucking David Van Ackles are in his apartment and they're both looking miserable and they just have confetti like plastered to their sweaty yeah. heads and it's like oh I want to take it off yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this sweet. isn't what I was promised confetti yeah. wise oh it's so sweet though yeah. I don't know I'm just into this whole thing and, yeah but it does have a happy ending yeah in a way yeah, yeah. The most in the best way, way I think yeah. I think that's the best way it could have ended up because yeah. she's not married to anybody mm-hmm. she's kind of overcome her obsession with that and then she's like Figuring it out with in Sydney with this badass bitch from hell, best friend. Like yeah. I mean, really, that's that is the best way that movie could have ended. With dancing yeah, queen yeah, in the right. background. Yeah, I mean, life is as good as an episode. Yeah, it's so mm. life is as good as dancing queen. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, golly. Okay. So Tom, yeah, what are your thoughts? My thoughts is that it's final judgment time. I think yeah. so. I'm into it. All right. <laughs> I love final judgment. It's time. a KT. What is our rating scale? I'm sure you remember it. No one's ever forgotten. Okay, four is gloriously good. Yeah. Three is, um, good. <laughs> this is the tricky one, because um, it's not actually alliteration. Two... It's assonance. Assonance? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Um, fuck. Alright, I know that zero is not for me or something without a Jesus. Okay, Tom. It's gloriously good. Uh-huh. Honestly, okay. Honestly, okay. Assonance. Middlingly meh, totally terrible. Or notably not for me. Notably not for me. Okay. 
Well, I think it's gloriously good. I'm giving it four. Yeah. I mean, of course. You're the yeah. one You're the one bringing the material. Yeah. For us newbies, I'll go first. It was obviously gloriously good. Yeah. It fucking yeah. rolled. It was hilarious. Yeah. It was touching. Yeah. It The look, I, 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 we didn't talk about it very much because you can't talk about it without seeing it. But the look at the beginning, all mm. that all that '90s look and hair, yeah. and just how greasy everyone was. The color saturation on it is so good too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was loving that look, and yeah. I'm like, fuck yeah! It just has this. It it is so believably small town. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, Portland spit as a character almost. Mm-hmm. Well, when I grew up in a six thousand person town in Southwest Iowa, and the small town like kind of realness. I mean, it felt it was very real. Like he had the the director totally accomplished that feeling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My only real uh, criticism, as I've said before, is that I don't feel that the fact that the mom had a miserable hell life uh, and was basically murdered by uh, her husband's uh, hatred of her. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that was given the proper weight, but, mm-hmm. you know, as a movie, it still succeeds. Yeah. Fucking, I recommend it. Yeah. Yeah! Yeah. No, I would also say gloriously good. It's exactly what I like about, like, dramedies. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't really like that word a lot, yeah. but it's mm-hmm. the, a really good blend of humor and mm-hmm. pathos and yeah. all of those other things that I really love about movies. And... It's a character study, and you see characters grow, but you see more than one character grow, and it's, ah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. No, I really, really like this yeah. movie, too. Yeah. It's a comedy that isn't about jokes. It's about the story. The character. <laughs> but also, there's jokes. Yeah. It's character-driven. And it's not Abba. joke-driven. And no. Abba. 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 <laughs> yeah. If you like Abba, check out this movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. A giant love letter to them. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Well, thank you for uh, recommending it to Hell us. Hell yeah, I'm glad I finally got to talk about Gay it. Gay 90s Australian movies. I know, yeah. who knew? What were the other ones called that we should check out? Uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, and then um, Strictly Ballroom, which is the first of Baz Luhrmann's Red Curtain trilogy, which also includes Romeo and Juliet and Moulin Rouge. So it's Dope. kind of like late yeah. 90s, early millennium Baz Luhrmann glitz. Strictly Ballroom was excellent. It's if you like so mockumentaries, good. it's like sort of mockumentary style. And it's... Bill Hunter, the dad, is the bad guy in Strictly Ballroom. Oh, hell so he's kind of he touches everything. I I love this guy. <laughs> I I looked, I looked him up after I watched the movie, and there's a quote from it uh, on Wikipedia from some interview that I fucking love because it's such like it's him discussing acting. He's like, as long as the director tells me where to stand and what to say, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> like people make this out to be an art, but it's a craft like any other. I don't really work hard. <laughs> oh, Bill! Can't stop progress. Can't stop progress. <laughs> What a coincidence! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so but uh, so before we go, mm-hmm. I think it's time uh, if you guys have any plugs to tell us what where we can uh, see more of you, learn more about you, see more of your work. So Dang. lots of different things that I do. Um, Pill Magazine is a zine that you can find at Quimby's. It is a sex positive queer zine. Nice. Uh, there's an abortion issue out that features lots of good guides to securing an abortion. Also, film criticism about. Movies featuring abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a second issue. It's the, f- um, I'm feeling myself issue. It's a masturbation issue where I interviewed a bunch of people from the Crash Pad series, which is a really good queer porn collective. Dope. So that's kind of my baby, my brainchild. I also run a podcast called A Fairy Home Companion. Yo, yo, I, yeah. I'm going to pop in and say that that podcast is fucking great. Did you listen? I did. I gave it a heart on SoundCloud. Oh, oh my god! I need to go back and like, re- like re-examine my life and my... I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no that's a fucking great podcast. Uh, it's 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 like a Prairie Home Companion, but about a queer-focused Iowa town. Yeah. That's really sweet. That's all I want. Yeah, lots of puns, <laughs> lots of good discussions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. a big fan of it, too. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Chris, yeah. you got any plugs? Oh, man. I wish... Okay, yesterday, August 15th, I uh, was reading at Homo Latte. <laughs> yeah. so, How was it? Did you kill? I, I assume that I killed it. Everyone loved me. People yeah. gave me roses. Everyone oh cried. So, yep, I mean, yeah, no. Uh, if, you, if you follow me on Facebook, I'll talk about it a whole lot. Um, yep. Other than that, probably after August 16th, when you, the listener, are listening to this, we'll have a new issue of No Assholes coming out. Um, So that is the poetry and fiction and comics and all of the wonderful ephemera uh, 
that I run. Um, issue 10, we'll probably have a reading release party as well, probably at Uncharted Books. Mm-hmm. It's not 100% figured out, but it will be by the time you're listening to this. Hey, so, hey. yeah, that's that's my big plug. Cool. What about you, Tom? Well, I'm going to plug the same things I plug every time, Chris. Um, <laughs> I run and host the the monthly news satire show, The Skewer. So good. Every first Wednesday at Cafe Mustache in Chicago, 8 p.m., uh, is good as hell. We have people, uh, some of the best writers, uh, performers, comedians in the city come and read op-ed essays and do goofy-ass debates about the news of the previous month. Despite the fact that we live in hell world, it is still technically a comedy show. <laughs> uh, Gotta laugh. Gotta yeah. laugh about the hell world. Yeah. yeah. Much like Muriel's wedding. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a podcast founded where podcasts are founded. And also, uh, Second plug, if you are friends with me on Facebook, you've seen me post about this literally, almost infinitely, I'd say. <laughs> Shuffle Quest, my new, uh, my new podcast that came out last month, now, it came out like a week ago in, <laughs> as of recording, but it is an actual play comedy RPG podcast where the twist is that instead of it being like in D&D world or whatever, the characters are transported to different fictional pop culture worlds, and the game system we use is the corresponding one to the world. For example, in Arc 1, they go to Men in Black world and use the <laughs> Men in Black role-playing game. And if you're like, why Men in Black? It's because all these worlds are going to be, like, weird and bad. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going anywhere popular. Yeah. That's yeah. on purpose. Uh, but that's super fun. I like it a lot. You can find it on the internet, iTunes and shit. You know. Sweet. Podcast <laughs> the internet. Yeah. Shuffle Quest and The Skewer. That's my shit. Uh, anyway, yeah. Cool. I'm done. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, this is super fun. Yeah, thank yeah. you both for being on. I was really glad to watch this movie. Yay! Uh, well, so until next time, I've been Tom Harrison. I'm Chris Reif. I'm Katie Hawmaker. Thank you all for listening. Uh, goodbye.